Hello, my name is Hannah Reeve. I'm the founder of Nature Nurtures, where we help social entrepreneurs, passionate teachers and early years practitioners to set up their own outdoor nurseries, forest schools and outdoor projects for children. Joining me today is Christy Zolte, the founder of Maplewood Outside School in New Jersey in the US. Christy has taught and learned from some of the most exciting progressive schools in the US, including the Blue School. Christy spent a number of years at Brooklyn Nature Days as head teacher, growing and expanding that forest school. We'll hear about what inspired her to go on to set up her own wonderful school, Maplewood. And Christy, I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for connecting and agreeing to share your story with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so honored. You're so sweet. <laughs> really, it's wonderful to have more people from the States as well. We're getting more and more through, so it's, it's exciting to head over the Atlantic and to land somewhere on the East Coast as we have today. I think it's, it's also interesting because you're in New Jersey, quite an urban space perhaps, but I guess we'll hear as we go out into the suburbs a bit more, I'm sure it gets leafy. So I'd like to, I guess, start with going right back to the time when you found yourself connecting with those wonderful progressive schools. I started my journey in education when my son was of age to look at preschools and we searched all through Brooklyn to find the right fit. A lot of the progressive schools weren't taking the kids outside for too long. So I just kept searching. And at the time, someone was, a teacher was starting a bar school in Prospect Park. And just everything about it kind of spoke to me because I had a background of coming from a farm in rural New Jersey. So I had this, this desire for my city child to have a little bit of outside experience. So we kind of meshed his education together with like a progressive school some days and then this bar school on the other days. And then just seeing him come home every day with rosy cheeks, super happy, telling me about all the plants in you know, Prospect Park as we walk. I was just enamored by this type of education. And then so much so that <laughs> I got a job there and then, you know, went back to get a degree in early childhood education and, you know, became secondhand to the director there. So where where were you at this point? Are you, is this Brooklyn Nature Days or is yeah, this something? Yeah, Brooklyn somewhere? Nature Days. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, a long time ago, but, and when she was just starting. So I kind of got in at yeah. the beginning of it and saw how she grew the school and, and just, I just really, truly loved every single day and came home happy and excited and, you know, and my kids were happy and excited. So it was like this little bundle bundle of like happiness. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was a really great balance between being in a super urban environment and learning about the nature that was around us. Cause being from a farm growing up there, I thought I knew so much. And then having this different environment, I didn't know all the plants that were growing in this place. And it was just like, I always love to learn. So it was great. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the journey continued when our family grew a little bit and the apartment was so small <laughs> and we just wanted a little more space. So we looked around and we found this community in New Jersey that we really loved. There's a huge park nearby us and it's just completely wild and not at all like Prospect Park. So we decided to move out here and I looked around again for, you know, schools that I might be able to to work at, but it just felt like this community could use a forest school. So yeah, we started small. We, we had, I think 
the first few weeks we had like three kids, you know, and then each week we, we got a few more and it was just, it was even more magical because we were in this untamed land and we'd find salamanders and the deer would walk by us when we were having snacks. Um, and we <laughs> were just like wonderful one with everything it was, and it continues to be that way I'm um, interested in how you decided to move to New Jersey because of the community so what, what really attracted you about that community to, to get you to, to move house out there um I think you know there's a few parts to everything right hmm. the the schools in Brooklyn where we were like we needed to find a better situation for my son and my husband was being called to more more space and you know it was a big family decision it was several parts to it it wasn't as simple as you know just this is a wonderful place let's move here <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. i think you know if i had my way brooklyn is where my heart is you know but this is a good second you know and that was like at that time now we're fully immersed in this community and this is my community right like it's now four years later and we've really built a community and the school is a part of you know it's like my third baby um yes absolutely i understand that completely yeah so what okay so let's go back then to the brooklyn nature days because this sounds like it really cemented for you quite a lot of things yeah yeah so let's 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 hear more about that what i mean when was this what year are we talking Maybe like 2015 or earlier, Yeah, I want to say. And how long were you there for? I think like three years, maybe more. Sorry, as I get older, my memory just kind of molds <laughs> into... Like a job day. interview, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I should have it written down somewhere. But yeah, I mean, when I was working at Brooklyn Nature Days, I was also doing my master's in early childhood education. So it gave me a chance to dive into all these theories in a different way. I would apply things and think things through. And Sarah, who's the director, is amazing. And we would chat about why we're doing what we're doing. If we do it this way, what'll happen? And, and she's so open to trying new things. And oh, wonderful. Yeah. And it's just so great, you know, and to have someone like that around you as a mentor. Yeah. And I, but I think like going through a master's and, and doing a thesis and it just makes you explore and solidify the thoughts you have and back them up in a different way. Mm, There's a lot more depth, isn't it, as opposed to to really what you're trying, I guess as well, and finding what actually fits with you personally, your context and, and also your personal values as well. And well, I guess there's nothing better than actually getting to practice that with a mentor as well, like Sarah, that's, that was a gift. Oh, she's such a gift. <laughs> <laughs> well done for finding her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. You were there for three years. So you're helping to grow that because it's quite, it's expanded now, hasn't it? Because I think they're going to open a new school. This yeah. is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so she's going to, I think that's on the slate for soon. And, and yeah, it's just working it out with all the logistics of Brooklyn and being in the city and yeah, but very Brooklyn nature days. Yeah, wonderful, awesome. So right, so you left there sort of twenty eighteen ish, and what happened mm-hmm. after that? So then we, yeah, so then we landed in New Jersey, and and like right away, I started doing small classes with kids, and it just grew and grew. We, I always wanted it to stay small though, so 
So we've always been relatively small, but this year we added kindergarten because of COVID and my daughter turned five and the schools weren't open. So instead of putting her virtual, I was like, we can do kindergarten. Why not? I bet. And everybody is saying the same things as well about this. We'll get to that. So you've landed in New Jersey, you're Mm -hmm. looking around and you obviously have this idea you're going to be doing classes, whatever that looks like. So how did you go about finding a place to do this? How did you get permission to run it? You know, those sorts of things. There's the big forest near us. And I just took a few walks around, tried to see what area felt good. The area I chose is called Summit Field. And there's a big, giant green field in the center. And it really just reminded me of Prospect Park. <laughs> and what I was used to. because. Going in the woods was just a little bit too crazy for me at the time. I was so used to Prospect Park and the green manicured lawn. So, so yeah, and there were like little pavilions there that we could hang out under when the weather wasn't so great. And and yeah, so I this just, is a public. This is a public park. It is a public park. Yeah. Yeah. So who did you approach to to find out if this is something you could do? So I tar- there's a conservancy that oversees the public park. So I talked to them to see, and we were really small. We only had, you know, three to six kids a day. So it wasn't like we were taking up space, troubling anyone. And then I, since then, I've been spending a lot of time working with the conservancy because my theory is like, we're there (laughs) every day and they're doing work to help the forest. And we should also contribute work to help the forest because it's the land that we share together. And it's, it's been a really lovely relationship because the kids get to plant in the wildflower preserves and they get to see things bloom over time. Uh, we just did a big tree planting project and, and yeah, and they're always adding to it. And I'm amazed by how they remember every plant I tell them over the time and they know where they are from fall to spring they're like oh the mountain mint is here let's go check and see how that is and we planted some bee balm over there and did did we we haven't gone in a while to see the bee balm we need to go back to check on them and make sure they're watered and like they're just (laughs) they have such agency in their land you know and on weekends when I'm working you know with the conservancy I'll be there and then a family will pass by. And one day, I think there were five families from school that passed by just on a weekend. And the parents were like, we just, they just needed to show us their space and where they hang out during the week. So they really value the land. And that's what we're trying to teach them, you know, on on the base level is this is your earth and take care of it. And yeah. Oh, amazing. Wonderful. What age are these children that we're talking about? So what age do you take from? So we start at two and then with kindergarten now it's up through five, six years old. And was it the, I guess, was it the closure of the schools that really prompted you to take that next step into the five to six year olds into kindergarten? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Definitely. All last year I was looking at my daughter who's pretty much been raised in the forest and saying, I don't know how to say goodbye to her. And then COVID happened, so I didn't have to. So that was like one blessing of it. <laughs> but, but the idea is like, yeah, she would have eventually gone to public school. Maybe we wouldn't have kindergarten, but now we do. And that's lovely. And we have a yeah small group of kids that join us every day and have a little bit of a longer day. And we're doing more learning than preschool. So let's hear about the different offerings that you have then. So can you take us through some of the 
different programs or classes that you have available? Sure. We have a preschool class that runs, it's three hours a day. So there's a morning session and an afternoon session. And I mean, I feel like it's a typical preschool, but it's just outside. So we have like a yoga teacher come in and a movement teacher, art and music. So they get a little bit of that. And then we're doing a lot of playtime, free play, snack time, which is always super important. And then, yeah, and then they're building and climbing and running around. So that's like the preschool vibe. And then for, and then we do our kindergarten, which is five-year-olds that start in September with us. And they are here with us for a longer day. So 8.30 to 3. And we're doing a little bit more curriculum work just to prep them for when they go into first grade. So how many are on your team? How many uh, do you employ? I think we have like six to seven teachers at the moment. The ratio is three to one. So three kids to one teacher, which is really great for that younger age because they need that. How did you go about finding these wonderful teachers? Because that's not always easy, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, you... It's a different job, right? Like, it's not just teaching, and it's not just liking being outside, and it's not just liking kids. It's like, you have to have all those three things together, which is super rare. But there, people are out there that love all those things and, and are really happy to be with us every day, and we have some really amazing teachers uh, so I'm super thankful for our teachers because I could not do it without them. They're amazing. No, for sure. Essential. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> totally essential workers. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just, and they they bring so much to the kids as well, you know. What kind of, um, what kind of backgrounds do you, do you have on your team? Um, some, so some, one or two have been preschool teachers. I think one of our teachers has an environmental science background. I think, yeah. And then just when you, when we've interviewed them, we'll just feel their energy, like their happiness and their excitement for what we do is a big part of it too. Them knowing that what we're doing is different and special. And I don't know if I'm conveying it right, but yeah, I mean, we meet them, we go through a really long process of, of yeah. interviews and cause it's hard. Like if you, it's like a, it's a relationship, right? Like you're sure. making sure that the person who's going to come wants to be there and is excited about that just as much as you're excited about what you're doing. And it's very much teamwork. Like everyone is needs to be supporting each other. Mm. At least that's the environment I want to work in. Right. So as Absolutely. we're hiring people, we're creating our work environment and we just have to cultivate that feeling. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but you are absolutely what you're talking about is exactly it is a relationship and it's and it is a feeling as well, because it's a culture that you're creating. You're having to create this this workplace culture, as well as it being a space not only that is wonderful to work in, but so that it carries through to the children as well as a wonderful place to simply be. Yeah. In, and to be part of as well. It's one of those if we could bottle that and sell that, you know, we'd we'd all be absolutely laughing. It's a difficult thing to do. It's so subtle. I think often it's easy to just say, well, yeah, I met this person and it worked out. But actually, there's so much more to it because you're having to refine relationships as well. They evolve as well over time. Yeah. Into people's strengths and finding what makes them tick as well. 
Yeah. It's time. It does take time. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's a, with this job right now in spring is the best time to have this job. Like everything is blooming. The birds are chirping. The sun is like, it is just magical. But come December and January, it's really hard to get up day after day, put on 10 layers of clothes, (laughs) put on the hand warmers, go outside and be with kids who may not be the happiest to be there at that moment. And still, and you're not exactly happy either, but you have to take a deep breath, let it go and be in the moment and like be happy because they need your happiness, you know? So it's like trying to find that in a person is really hard too. Because, you know, (laughs) yeah, because it's a challenging job. It's not you know, some days are amazing and some days are less than amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Definitely. And we we do end up talking about weather quite a bit on this podcast because <laughs> I think when people sort of come into this, I think it's this wonderful, like, now, come and do it now because, yes, spring yeah. is the most wonderful time to do this. But winter's going to roll around at some point. So take some advice. I would say, if you're jumping into it, ready for winter, just yeah. to have an idea of exactly what you're heading into. I mean, especially you guys in New York State, you get some almighty snowstorms, we, extreme cold. Yeah, I mean, we've had it pretty tame until this last year. Like, it was like, I think like last year we didn't have any snow days. It was just chill. And then this... Oh, wow. January, February, there the snow was so high. Some of our toddlers we put in the snow and they couldn't move because, oh, <laughs> because the snow was up to like their chest. And you were like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna try something else. And um, yeah, but, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just so it like again, challenges are great and the weather is fun and it's all good if you approach it in a happy way. But yeah, like who who knew that was coming? <laughs> All that yeah, snow. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your space then. So you were talking about the space that you're in and the children. Yeah, you talked about the flow of the day, didn't you? Oh, um, yeah, a little bit. I like the idea that you've got different base camps as well. That's interesting. So because you're sharing a space in a public park as well, I guess that has an impact on how you use the space? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. In the beginning of the year, we start at one base camp. And we stay there for a good amount of time until everyone's comfortable with us and know how we do our day, right? And then right, after that, that we'll expand and we'll say, oh, we were at Secret Spot yesterday. How about we try Cat King Go? And then they're like, what is this place? So it kind of gives them a sense of choice in their day, which I feel like at two and three and four for some of them is super important. They want that choice because there's not a lot they can control at that age. So to give them a little bit, and for some of them, it really makes their day better and helps them transition. So that's why we do that. That makes absolute sense. Exactly as you say, having that one space to get settled in Mm -hmm. and to start understanding how the rhythm of that day, what Mm -hmm. it looks like and how how that's experienced, and then lovely. So they get really embedded in that. And then you can move into giving autonomy in terms of choosing the space. And we've noticed like some that have like just not wandered far, but, you know, just want to explore a little bit more. And if you switch the spot, it changes the dynamic 
of that, they won't wander. And it also changed, has changed the dynamic of the group too, where some will only play with their one friend. Now they'll play with others in this new space because there's more to explore. I've just found that fascinating over time. Like how you can just, (laughs) we're in the same forest, they're the same things, but we just moved into a different location and it changes the dynamic of the group, which is helpful Mm -hmm. when you need that, you know? So in terms of the base camp then, what's there? Is it is it just a, a sort of landmark that you have defined or is there shelter there or Yeah, it'll most likely it's a fallen tree with some crazy root structure that they can climb up high on. Or we've been in places where there the tree's fallen and the roots uh, come maybe three feet above my head. <laughs> so they're so tall. And the kids who need to climb will spend that time climbing. The kids who need to dig will will just like chip away at it till when the end of the year there'll be nothing left to the stump. And we're like, what? what? <laughs> and you know, and then like the rest of the trees for balancing and playing and making into forts. So so yeah, so most of the time when we find a new spot, it's a fallen tree or a water feature, but it's really good to have them climbing. Do you have any covered sheltered spots or is it just completely fully outdoors out in the elements open air? Our goal is to always be in the forest. On the days where the weather is windy or not so great, there are these pavilions where it's just a roof and four poles, so four corners. So, And then the kids go in and out of that and they're dressed in their rain gear. And is that, I guess, is that where you have snack, for example, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have snack in there. And then they have the choice to go in and out and run around and fill buckets with water, not, or dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested in this, uh, working with the Conservancy. Like, what does that look like? I'm just wondering if I can, like, reference something similar here. So our Conservancy here is a group of people who don't, who um, volunteer their time and have formed, I guess, an alliance, you might say, to oversee this park. And they work with our county and government to make things happen in the park that they want to have done. So a few years ago, they got together and there was this 14 acre area that was fenced in and they turned it into a wildflower preserve. So we're close to that. And every weekend there's something going on where they're picking up litter or replanting flowers in the wildflower preserve or just trying to take care of it and make it a better place. And now you've you've managed to get yourself in, in, in there as well and to become a part of that. Is there something that you have to do regularly? Is, is that a commitment like every weekend or something like that? It's volunteer, so it's what you want it to be. I really enjoy it, so I'm there often. <laughs> and I somehow managed to get myself in the as overseeing the wildflower preserve with another person so because another passion of mine is like the native plants that are here and how to support the bees and the butterflies because I feel like that's a step for our future and I, I wasn't really aware of any of that before I was in far you know far school and and doing what I'm doing during my day so so yeah I've just found like a passion for native plants and you're putting it into great use as well because Ultimately, it's it's building something very special in your community, but also enhancing the program for your children that you're working with as well. So it's win, 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 isn't it? All That's around. what the hope is. It's just, yeah, I'm hoping it's, it's helpful for everyone. What did the Conservancy think of you turning up with an idea of using this space for a forest school? 
they're happy with it. It's changing the optics of the forest because where we were at before, it was not a very well-traveled area. So now what you're seeing is families there and children there. So it changes who goes there. You know what I mean? Like it's not deserted. (laughs) And so there's kids there and they've said they're happy with us being there and they're supporting us. It's been a good relationship. And then thinking about your families as well, do you feel that, how has that journey been in terms of growth? Taken longer than you expected or has it been nice steady pace? It was really quick to grow and to fill our classes. I was really surprised by how quick it was because when I sat down and started with a business plan, I was like, maybe I'll have three kids the first semester and then like five for spring. I don't really see more than that. And then I'll break even in like two years. It'll be fine. And, you know, we filled up in the first semester. So it was really surprising. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So that blew your business plan out of the waters and you had to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to make some adjustments. Yeah, it was, it That's was really surprising. <laughs> So how many, then, for a typical session are you talking about? We have six kids in the morning and six kids in the afternoon for preschool. And then we have eight for kindergarten. And the reason it's so small is um, a lot has a lot to do with licensing in New Jersey. It's just different. They require you to have a, a space. And it's not something that I want to... I don't want to get a space because it just, it, it's not what we're doing. So... We're just small. Yeah. We're just going to stay so, small so, for a little bit. Right. So if you go over, if you go into more numbers, then you need to get licensed. We need to get licensed. And yeah, and it would just, then we'd also have to have a space, which makes our overhead a lot higher sure. than it needs to be because we're, yeah. we're not so you, using the space. Right. So you need to have a defined space that is mm-hmm. solely for your use. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I guess as well, you must have a time limit as well on how many hours you can do or is in terms of licensing or or that not come into the equation so no because when i stay under the the size then you can have uh the, okay. the kids for as long as you want but we do three hours because it's manageable um during the winter is mostly the thing you know yeah. you don't want to be out for that long no do you find in the spring and the summer that you open up new programs or do you just have a continuation throughout the year exactly the same we've continued it throughout the year the same because it's lovely to have the same kids experience the changes there's enough changes with the year and the seasons then you know if you added in new kids and out it would it would be a lot of changing for everyone i think but but that also comes into play with like the numbers that the state allows you to have it all balances out. Like yeah. That makes complete sense. I think exactly. As you st- start bringing in new children, dynamics change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting a handle on that and what works and what doesn't work, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's back into like hiring. I wouldn't want to have a teacher work for only four months and then not be able to keep them on and then rehire them <laughs> later. So I want some consistency with everyone and be able to tell them, you know, they have a job for a little bit longer than stop and go kind of thing so when you set about getting this all going because this is something you, you, that you did on your own which is a huge undertaking yeah I didn't think I and knew you... what I was doing at the time <laughs> I, tell me more you know I was very naive I saw Sarah doing it and she's so put together and so wonderful <laughs> and so happy and I was like you know I could probably do it too and then 
it's really hard to start your own business and to be the only person doing it. Yeah, it's really hard. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but that's why you also did it and you got through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it is. It really, truly is. <laughs> so it's experiencing the highs and the extreme lows and really holding on to those highs because there are moments where it's, things won't quite come together and they won't quite work, but then you get through those and move into the... But I just yeah. wonder about doing it on your own and not having that person to... Ba- I personally need someone to balance me because mm. I think I can get, if I'm stressed, I can go reactive, which is oh, not helpful to anyone. No. Um, so I have somebody who really, really balances me really well. So who, who's your big supporter? You know, who, who, who's your network that you've got around you that helps you through those moments? Uh, well, when I started, my network was definitely my husband. He would talk me down a lot on things. And then Sarah is my greatest mentor. I would always, you know, she's been so supportive of me. And she's always there when I need her. So I will call her and she'll be like, yeah, talk me through it. Tell me. Da, da, da. And it's so helpful because she's gone through it. And now I have this, I have Sarah still, I have my husband still, but I've been collecting people along the way that are <laughs> so supportive and so wonderful uh, that follows into like, my teachers are amazing. And I have a co-director who's also a parent at the school and she's been helping me so much with enrollment and just like the day-to-day tasks and being a sounding board for me so I've built like a great great amount of people around me to help me so it's not just me anymore brilliant so here you go this is the skill of building relationships and I think this is why people like you end up doing this because you have the skill it's not something everyone can do because you've got to do it really well and to be able to click with people and to actually understand yourself, I think, so that you find the right people to connect with. Because you're mm. not going to get along with everyone. That's human nature. Yeah. But it's really thinking about yourself and knowing yourself enough to know how is this going to work with this other person and actually what is it that I really need. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess identifying the things that you don't necessarily enjoy doing and perhaps you're not the greatest at doing. Yeah. yeah, it's a journey. Like, it's not something you learn right away. I mean, it's no. taken me a very long time to come from a place where I thought I could do it all to where now I'm like, there's someone who does this better, and it will be so good to give it to them. And it might have been a pride thing before, and where you mm-hmm. can let go of that now and know that someone's going to do it better, and they're going to take care of it, and I don't have to do everything. And the gift of that is so huge yeah Yeah. that's literally a weight off your shoulders isn't it I think perhaps it is a bit of pride but also I think it's about the fact that you have put your blood sweat and tears into creating this baby of a business it's taken everything to get to that point and actually releasing some of those jobs delegating was terrifying to me when I first started (laughs) are you actually going to be able to do this I mean of course they are but it's so hard just to let go that initial let go is a process it's an emotional process to go through I would say yes 100% it is it is very (laughs) very hard (laughs) but then you come out the other side and like you say it's like oh my goodness I feel lighter this is why don't I do this sooner (laughs) yeah and for me I think it's like a value system like yes I hold 
this is super important to me, but sure. my family is a little bit high. <laughs> like you have to yeah. weigh everything and, and let go. And yeah, I, and it's growth. It's, and it's good to grow. It, you have to grow. Like <laughs> you have to learn and you have to grow in order to be, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm learning this in my old age. <laughs> have to let go, have, have to grow. <laughs> yeah, and it, it enables you to have bigger impact. I think that's a really critical thing because if it's just you running like a lunatic, getting all these bits done, it doesn't get done well. Ultimately. No. It really restricts the impact that you're having. And, it, and and ultimately, you know, you want to do the very best that you can and to yeah. have that spread as widely as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's the process. What would you say were the biggest challenges then along the way? Challenges. Apart from that. Oh, that is a big, yeah. I think that's a big one. I mean, balance has always been my challenge, is balancing family and work because I have such two, a passion. you've got two young children as well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so... One is nine and one is six. They just had birthdays. That was the hesitation. But yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> there's things that come up with school. You know, last minute you think you're having... It's always when I'm like, today was a good day. Yay. And then I get an email or a text and I'm like, oh, hey. But <laughs> and then it's kind of like I tend to drop everything and, bam, and like stop the fires, you know? And now yeah. I'm kind of learning... While I was with my children, I need to keep being with them. When I have yeah. time, I will go back to that. Um, I'm getting there. I'm not perfect yet. Everything's in evolution. But yeah, it's managing time. And yeah, another thing, I guess, would be being present. Sorry, but that's my other challenge is to be present. I feel like I was really present when I was an employee at Brooklyn Nature Days. And now as a, as a director of the school I'm like my head is thinking of the 15 things I need to do and I'm trying to teach and yeah yeah yeah. and holding all the mental load of all of this yeah yeah so you've been going for three years is that right Mm, we're on our fifth year five years right yeah I mean minus COVID (laughs) sure so okay well let's talk about let's talk about the pandemic then because how did that impact your business we're okay I mean like Friday that we closed then I thought oh it's two weeks. It's fine. See y'all in two weeks. This will be a great <laughs> break. Um, and then as it dragged on, I was like, oh, we're not going to see each other for a while. <laughs> and during that time, I was just trying to think of how to still stay connected with the children because it was such an abrupt stop. And so we would just do like these little Zoom meetings for 10, 15 minutes where a teacher would read a book and we'd just say hi. And that was it. Just so we're here. Hey, still here. And then in the summer when that rolled around and things were opening up a little bit around, but everyone was very cautious, which was appropriate. I I did a, a camp with kids in the neighborhood because where I live, there's tons of kids. So it felt good because they were kind of in our area and we knew the parents really well. So we started there and that kind of built up my confidence in what we were doing and how we were doing it. And so then when September rolled around, I was like, we're doing school, we'll do small groups and we'll just see how it goes, you know? So September, there was a ton of interest in the school, as you can imagine, but we we kept it the same. Um, Number-wise, just made our group smaller. And I think 
we did a good job at that. Like our teachers returned and everyone was so happy to have like a little slice of what we've had before. And so my days are very similar to what it was like before COVID because my daughter's going to kindergarten just, you know, out in the forest and the kids are back in the forest. So my life is rolling. However, my husband's and my son's is very different from mine. They don't leave the house because they're virtual, you know. But but yeah, I would say like COVID has affected us, yes, for that short time. And now we're kind of in the groove of what this life is now. It's okay. Good. You made it through. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. In those five years, so you opened, you had this business plan, which was very carefully thought out. And, <laughs> and you, you sat there and you had, right, we're going to grow. We're going to have this number this month, and then we might have another one that month. But but actually, in your first semester, you were full. So in terms of making a living, has it been able to pay your bills? Have you made the living that you set out to? I mean, what did you have in mind? I always wanted, maybe I might be a little bit of an overachiever, and I always want to do a little bit more, you know? So I always have these big dreams and these high aspirations. And I feel like it's been great. It's done what more than I thought it would do. And we've been profitable and we're able to dream and, you know, and do it. So it's been really fun. Amazing. How many people can say that about a business that they grew from nothing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because it's just a different model, right? Like we, our overhead is low. We don't have a space. We didn't actually. And then come last year, March, we signed on for a space and we got it on March 5th, 13th or 15th. And COVID shut everything down on the 13th, which I was finding hilarious. <laughs> wow. But it's fine. Like we used it for storage and I still had hope that, you know, things would turn around and this wouldn't be life forever. So mm -hmm. yeah, we have a little space and we'll, we'll sort it out when the time comes. But but the business has been profitable enough to have us keep that space, even though it's not being used, you know? So it's just building for the future and dreaming for the future. Come on then, tell us, what's the dream? So currently, right now, I'm going through a Waldorf program. And my goal is to infuse that into the kids every day. Because I just feel like it's such a magical way of learning. And the more I learn about it, and it's just, it's great to give it to the kids like this. There's so much that Waldorf does that we were doing. And now to add on the layer of the fairy tales and the the gnomes and things like that. And a lot of Waldorf is about self-improvement, which I didn't realize stepping into it. And once I took a few classes, I was like, oh, I really need this. This is helpful. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so like a lot of it's coming full circle, right? Like with, I see infusing Waldorf into the school will be helpful to back up what we're doing, right? Because it's at some level, parents look at what we're doing and you're like, oh, you're taking kids into the forest to play with sticks. Great. If we learn more about Waldorf, it's what I said before, like we're already doing a little bit of it. And then like, if we just know more about it and can infuse that in, then it's it's something that's been proven. And, and after we started in September, just a little bit of the Waldorf curriculum and the kids are really enjoying it. And, and yeah, so I, I see like us continuing on that line, putting a little bit more Waldorf into the school and then maybe one day 
being a Waldorf-inspired school or or something like that. I can't say exactly where this school is going to go. I love the size that it is because I can walk into each class. I know every single child and they know me, even though I may not be there every day because I'm generally with kindergarten, but and they, they know each other and the teachers really know the students. And I feel like when you get bigger, a little bit gets lost with it. But not to say that's not okay either. It's just what I've enjoyed over the past few years. I don't know where this school's going. I think that every day, I think that's what COVID might have taught me. <laughs> like, whatever plans you lay, there might be something that kind of turns it in a different direction. So usually, like, when I'm thinking of the school in the next year, I'm thinking it could go this way or it could go this way. And we'll see where it goes. It may be a third direction that we've never thought of. And I think being open to that is really great because it's just not my view. It's just not my view. It's the teachers also infuse and, and the children infuse a lot into what we're doing. Because if tomorrow we go to school and we've had this beautiful in Waldorf inspired vision for the day and they're like, no, we want to look at rocks and turn over things and find salamanders. Like that's what we're going to do because they're more important than what we thought up or dreamed up. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we're doing it. Isn't that the beauty of early childhood as well and this particular sector where we were able to do that and to to follow that, follow the interests of the children in that way? For every best laid plan, there's there's a child around the corner. (laughs) 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 Something bigger and better for sure. What would you say to the Christies out there who are interested in taking this path and to setting up something for their communities? I... I'm always happy to encourage anyone who wants to do this and let me know. I will help you along the way. It's what Sarah did for me. Like she gave me everything to start and it was so helpful. So definitely do it, do it and try it. You have to, like if it's even a seed of thought in your brain, like you have to try it and see where it goes because you never know. Like it could be this amazing thing and what you're giving to the children also comes back to you and it's this beautiful relationship and with the earth, right? Like there's so many parts you're touching on when you when you embark on this kind of work. You definitely do it. But it may be hard. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. But you can do it. But you can if, do if, it. If, if I've done it, if you've done it. Anyone can do this. Anyone I think you hit the nail on the head with it's it's having that person. So if you cannot find someone to set this up with in terms of a business partner or a co-director, then find a mentor. Just yeah. connect with someone who will really support you and help you yeah. throughout the, the challenges and the wonderful highs as well. Yeah, Christy, thank you so much oh, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you and to hear your story. Very inspiring. And I really look forward to seeing what happens in the next phase of Maplewood Outside School. Thank you so much. Thank you.